Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hello, ladies. This is a special Sunday edition just for the ladies, something I have never done before. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for joining me for episode 249 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the queenly creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, back on blog, talk, radio, where you will also find a link to a free three-day video series I created for you called You Are a Queen. Uh, I'm telling you about that link on the top of the show because it's time sensitive. I am taking that down at the end of the month. So hopefully you're listening to this in August 2017. If not... Um, If you're listening at a later date, that is totally fine. This episode will be chock full of useful, helpful tips for working with the queen archetype. I just wanted to let you know that video series was there if you're hearing this in a timely fashion. (laughs) Uh, The queen. This is interesting. I started working with the queen archetype in 2016. That was my theme for 2016. 2016, the year of the queen. I talked about it constantly and I was extremely excited about it. I pick a word every single year to work with. It was the first time I had picked an archetype for my word of the year And I kind of felt the power of it before the year even started. Like going into the new year, I did this whole magic spell with candles around the queen. I just, I leaned into it because I was thrilled. Other people were thrilled too. Uh, I believe my friend Molly, who I've had on the show, Molly Roberts, I think she was doing a year of the queen too, right at the same time. But uh, I talked about it constantly in videos and here and all over social media and every time I talked about it I got a lot of enthusiasm from women now uh when I'm (laughs) talking about it I'm I'm I have that free video series that I'm offering anybody that wants to begin the journey with the queen but then I'm also uh promoting this program right now that launches September 1st called queen a five-week journey and there has been a shift. <laughs> I have gotten some pushback on it now. Like people are coming out of the shadows to tell me why they don't like the queen, which I got none of last year. So I thought that was really fascinating. Um, and so I will address that today because I want to talk about why that is. I think, I think I'm naturally attracted to polarizing archetypes, which is I'm sure why I call my business Kick-Ass Witch and my radio show Hippie Witch. I understand that the witch is polarizing. Uh, That's why I've made a series of contents like here, there, and everywhere talking about the sacred bitch. It's why I identify with the Queen of Swords and Athena. Athena is very polarizing. People don't like her. They think she's too too masculine That um, and, and a bitch. I really hate the word bitch, um, but I've, I've been talking about it lately in the context of the sacred bitch, because sometimes you have to call forth a sacred bitch to put up some healthy boundaries. You know, you have to call forth this kind of inner strength that pisses other people off in order to make some healthy boundaries around your life so you can do you. And that's what that's all about. So all of these are polarizing things. I identify heavily with Medusa, as I recently talked about. Also very polarizing. I did not understand that the queen was also going to be one of these. So I just naturally gravitate toward that. Um, I posted on social media. I sent an email out to the women that are already going through that free video series asking, like, what do you want to know about the queen archetype? And um, because I'm going to do this show that I'm doing right now, 
And I got some interesting questions. So I will read those off to you. Um, but I will just say going forward, um, before I get into like the meat of the show, that I'm talking about the queen as an archetype of empowerment. I do understand that there is a shadow side to every archetype. There is light and dark and everything. I personally feel that the shadow side of the queen has been overemphasized, especially in movies and TV shows and books. Uh, Let's not forget that men wrote the fairy tales that so many of us grew up on, and there was always the evil queen. And then then we have the off-with-her-head archetype, like... The shadow side of the queen has gotten plenty of play, plenty of play. And it's interesting to me that some of the comments I got were like, um, well, the queen, isn't she about like dominating other people or, uh, you know, having like subjects in her, in her, in her kingdom. And I don't want to do that, you know? And I, I think when I hear that, I hear a fear of women's power. I feel like we fear our own power and we fear women's power in general, just other women's power. And this is something that I think the queen archetype can really help us with, like facing that. I'm not saying everybody that, that mentioned that to me has that fear. I just think that that's probably a deep subconscious thread that was running through some of the messages that I received. (laughs) Uh, I feel like right now it's time and it has been time for a very long time for, uh, it's been time for a very long time (laughs) for women. Let's first focus on stepping into our power. Let's first focus on empowering ourselves before we start worrying about having too much power. (laughs) I think it's a little premature to worry about women having too much power. Like, you know, let's get to a place where we are equal financially in the marketplace and equal in our own personal lives, which is no fault of men that we're not equal in that way. It's something that we have been trained to We give up a lot of our power. I'm not blaming men for that at all. Uh, The marketplace is a a different issue than our personal personal relationships. Although I do think, again, it's going to require stepping into your inner queen, stepping into your own empowerment to demand equal pay, to ask for the raise you know you deserve to be able to leave your job if they're not willing to pay you what you're worth, things like that, that, I mean, the queen can help you with that. Hello. (laughs) Hello. And I think sometimes too, archetypes can present themselves in your life in a dark way where maybe you are very domineering. Maybe you're domineering toward the man in your life. But I think there's an opportunity in that. I think you can, if you're having an experience like that, you can be like, wow, the you know, you maybe you're not in touch with your inner queen, and so she's just kind of running amok, or she's trying to present yourself herself, right? You're trying to create the sense of control over your own life, and it's it's misdirected in trying to control other people. The way I'm talking about the queen archetype, the way that I have experienced the queen archetype is about power from within. It's about being the queen of your own life not other people, and letting that be a point of attraction, assuming that like attracts like. Once you're the queen of your own life and you are a sovereign, empowered woman, you are then able to attract a relationship that is a match to that. Or if you're already in a relationship where you have been very domineering, Or subservient either. Calling in the queen can heal a lot of those issues in your relationship. So I'm very passionate about this. This is, I had no, I thought I was going to launch all this. And and every woman that listens to me here on the show and watches my videos is going to be like, yeah, it's not been like that at all. (laughs) It's been like pulling teeth to get to get women on board with what I'm trying to say, not everybody, there are people that are very enthusiastic, but I'm surprised by the pushback. 
What I will say to that before, again, moving on is this. I personally needed the queen. I needed the queen. And the way I run my business is like this. If I need something, a message, an archetype, a tweet, a product, a video, a podcast, if I need it, I know in my heart that there are others that need it too. We are definitely not all on the same page at the same time, and that is that is totally cool with me. I am cool with that. That is A-okay. But the best that I can do is show up for you with everything that I am and all that I've got right now, today, in this moment. <laughs> Next year, I might be in a completely different place, and then I will show up for you from that point of reference. But for today, for this year, for the last two years, it's been all about the queen, and I absolutely adore this archetype. And for the record, I feel like it has made me kinder. It has made me respect my women friends even more, have more compassion for other women. And uh, so my queen rocks. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) It definitely has not brought out a domineering side to my personality. If anything, it's it's brought that into balance. Um, But the queen, like all archetypes, presents herself to different women in different ways, and she can present herself to the same woman in different ways at different times, depending on the situation. And something I wanted to share with you that is a little sensitive because it just happened um, is the way I call in the queen. I call in the queen archetype. I invoke that energy anytime I need to stand up for myself or set healthy boundaries or I've got something scary that I have to do that requires some courage. I just, it's very simple. I usually put my hand on my chest and I say, what would the queen do? And it usually, for me, invokes a kind of like kick-ass, badass, you know, like, ooh, I can do this kind of energy. But a couple nights ago, she showed up for me in a very soft, compassionate, self-loving way. Um, I have been really like just going on adrenaline, I think, for the last couple of weeks because of this queen program, I'm trying to create all that content, but do all my regular stuff, do coaching calls. And I've been so busy and then working on my house and then trying to be a mom. And I don't really know where I'm pulling the energy forth to do all of this, but I've just been go, 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 going. And um, if I do something kind of extracurricular, because there, you know, there's a family party or because somebody invited me to do something nice or I'm doing something for my son, I will work all the way up until when that happens. And then I will enjoy the entertainment and then work all like right after when I get home, basically. And uh, so a couple nights ago, it was my grandma's 84th birthday. And we drove to dinner just for her birthday dinner and then drove back home. And she lives in Bakersfield. So it was two hours there, eat dinner two hours back in the midst of a very busy day. And I did it happily because I love my grandma. And uh, and to be honest, just sitting in the car and being away from my computer was a little bit of a vacation, so I didn't mind. But we got home really late at night, and I checked all my stuff like I do before I went to bed. And um, I hadn't checked my YouTube comments in a while. And most of my videos are set to approve comments in case somebody wants to tell me I'm going to hell or to show me their boobs. These things don't happen very often, but every once in a while they do. And uh, But it's rare, right? For every one asshole, there's like 500 amazing, kind people. That's what I have found. And uh, But that night, I had one comment sitting that I hadn't approved, and I went to go look at it, and it was somebody, it was a stranger, I think, who had found the video based on the subject line. And um, it was a long (laughs) comment, but something to the effect of, like, um, you're acting like such an idiot, such a giggly, silly, blonde blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Um, How is anybody supposed to take you seriously when you act like a fucking moron? And I was like, my first thought was, wow, someone needs a hug. (laughs) That was my first thought. And then I just deleted it. 
um, which is just my policy. I delete it. I usually delete and block the person, but I had this weird feeling that, I don't know, that I think that somebody needs a hug feeling might have been correct about that person. I'm like, no, I'm not going to block them because maybe they're going to watch the rest of the video or maybe they'll come back around and uh, feel like a dumbass for being rude to me and actually get something out of what I have to say. I don't know. Some people take me seriously, even though I can be very, very silly and I am definitely blunt. Um, I, I know for sure I'm not a fucking moron. But I was so tired at that point. I was just like, so I shut my computer down. I went in the bathroom to get ready for bed. And I do this thing. You may do it too if you're a fan of Louise Hay, where I look in the mirror and I practice positive affirmations or I just check on myself. Uh, Something I've done a lot this year is I just say like, hey, how can I make you happy today? Like looking in my own eyes, it sounds very weird. (laughs) And you do feel silly when you first do it. But then it just becomes normal to address yourself that way. And it can be so healing. And I looked in the mirror to check in with myself, really, just to be like, how are you doing? And I looked so old. I looked so tired. And I think the last couple of weeks had really worn on me, but I didn't realize it because I'm such an air sign and my mind can really like just drive the operation, especially when I'm inspired. And I think sometimes my body cannot keep up. And I really saw myself. I saw, uh, it's hard to explain, but I kind of see our spirit and, and the mental part of ourselves can look at our, our bodies and our souls, our souls presented in our body. And that, that, uh, they're kind of two different things in a way. And so I guess my feeling when I looked at myself and was like, Oh my God, I look so old. I look so tired and worn down was compassion compassion. I went to call in the queen and I immediately started crying. And I didn't I didn't practice affirmations. I just stood there looking in my own eyes and letting myself cry. And um this is a little strange to say, you know, because it's like, well, there's two of me. Um but it felt like that. It felt like me looking at this like body, (laughs) these body and the soul and these feelings and emotions and realizing I had been ignoring it and I had been driving it because I have a lot of mental power. I can like go on that for a long time and, and my body has no choice but to follow. But all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. What have I done? Oh no, I did not know. I'm sorry. We'll take a break. We'll take a break. And we did. We got to go roller skating today, which was really fun. (laughs) We've done some fun things this weekend. Um, but I think that mean comment must have gotten down inside of me and kind of triggered something. And then I saw myself and calling in the queen. All It was a softness. It was a compassion. It was, um, when I, I think about like a queen looking out at the terrain of her life and making sure everybody's okay in there. Are we doing all right? You know, and being like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> what have I done? Um, so sometimes the queen can do that. Sometimes she can be very, very soft and very compassionate. And that's the kind of queen that I'm talking about working with. Uh, something I talk about in the, in the free video series is the princess archetype. Being, uh, I joked kind of, it's that it's the trilogy of doom Um, that I relate it to the victim and the damsel in distress. And I was talking about how the queen archetype can be the anecdote to that. Um, Waiting to be rescued, waiting to be chosen, waiting to be saved, um, or expecting to be spoiled or expecting to be provided for when, in fact, the queen provides for herself. Uh... And then somebody had written to me about how she does not at all identify with the princess archetype because she's always been responsible and can always and has always been able to take care of herself so much so that um, she feels burdened and she identifies with the martyr archetype. So I sent another email out to those to the people that are getting that video series um, talking about the martyr 
and how the queen can be very healing for you if you're a martyr, if you're a person that always does things for other people, but it finally gets to a point where they don't appreciate you and you kind of like freak out a little bit about that uh, or you have some kind of breakdown. Um, so the, the queen can come into play. She, it can meet, she can meet you where you are. <laughs> so uh, that's been a long prelude. I guess we got into the meat of it um, without even meaning to. I was just chatting with you about some thoughts that I have. But I did cut and paste um, some key questions that I wanted to address here that other people wrote in. And I'm just going to use their first names here out of respect for them because not everybody wants to be on a podcast. Uh, and so let's just jump into that. So Betty. Oh, this is good. This is good. This is why we're leading with Betty. <laughs> Betty says, having been single and spending around three plus years working just on my own self-love and empowerment, I now find myself presented with the possibility of having a man in my life again. This is throwing up all sorts of questions for me as if it was that aspect of my life that gave me all the work to do in the first place. I feel like I've hit my queen's stride this year. I'm happy to set boundaries, say no, remain empathetic, generous, choose my battles, and take responsibility for my own comfort and happiness. But, and this is in all caps, but, <laughs> when it comes to men, sexual relationships, to be honest, I have not had one non-toxic or non-abusive relationship with a man ever. And I am 48 now. So, Betty. I'm so glad you asked this, Betty. Uh, because unfortunately, I think this is all too common. Especially women in, our, in their, their 40s. I think maybe some younger generations grew up on girl power. And uh, maybe they deal with this at a younger age. Or maybe they don't even have to. I don't know. But I know this is very common amongst my friends and a lot of my coaching clients. So I'm really happy you asked this. What would my answer be? Um, it's just going to be a rant because that's what I do. Uh, a wise queen. A queen who makes a positive impact on her own life and the lives she trusts or touches, she trusts herself. A wise queen touches, <laughs> touches herself. She does that too. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's what she does. Um, but she also trusts herself. She trusts herself not to lose herself to the first handsome prince who comes riding along. Or king. It might be interesting to think in terms of looking for a king to partner with to form a powerful alliance between equals than to hook up with a prince who may still have some young destructive patterns in place. So you might ask yourself, is this guy a prince or is this guy a king? And we're talking about a healthy, empowered king, not an evil king, a healthy, empowered king. <laughs> You can ask yourself, is he riding up on you, like waving a big red flag? Look for the red flags. Um, and you know what they are for you. You know what the red flags are for you, especially if you're 48 years old. You know, you've seen the red flags, but you may have ignored them. That's what we do. <laughs> uh, you know when you get like a nagging feeling that something is not right, that is a red flag. That is your cue to call forth your inner queen and say no. No, you shall not pass. You will go no further. I am putting a moat around this castle and some dragons, and I'm calling back up the drawbridge, which shall no longer be lowered for you. Go on with your fine princely self. I mean it. Go on. <laughs> go. Go elsewhere. I wish you well, but you are no longer welcome in this queendom, the queendom of my life. You know what I'm saying? The red flags, the red flags are going to be patterns of triggers. Things that, that trigger you, but also things, patterns of behavior that... You can look back at all your old relationships that were unhealthy. What 
negative patterns do those relationships have in common? And what were the warning signs that, oh, crap, this is happening again? Those are the red flags. That's what I mean when a prince comes riding up on you, waving a red flag like it's a fancy banner when really it's a warning to get the hell away from this dude. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying here? This is an opportunity a great opportunity, I might add, to practice. Just to practice. To practice setting healthy boundaries and to learn to trust yourself. It's easy to say, like, a queen trusts herself. Um, but how do you do that? You practice. You practice. When you stand up for yourself, when you act on your own behalf, when you finally say no to, like, one handsome prince who comes riding up with the, with the waving the red flag... It builds trust. You start to learn that you can count on yourself. Every time you say no to, to whatever, to another red flag, you will go st- grow stronger. You will develop another layer of self-trust. And I might add, this is important. You will be making space in your life for your king to show up. A love between equals. And an alliance that's built on mutual respect. So if you're spending your time messing around with the red flag waving prince, (laughs) how is the queen, how's the king ever going to get your attention? A good king, a healthy king, an equal. If you think of this as a practice, also it gives you room to make mistakes, So you don't have to be perfect, right? You don't have to get hung up on that. If you just think of it as a practice, you're practicing. So if you make a mistake, you can try again. If you miss the first red flag that that the dude like starts waving at you, or if you just ignore that that inner voice because you really want to be in a relationship and he's really cute and he's really funny and he's really smart and he's really sexy, that's usually the the deal breaker right there for for trusting your instinct. But he's so sexy. (laughs) But your instinct is like, yeah, but he's carrying a red flag. If you miss the first opportunity, that's okay. I promise you there will be more. (laughs) They don't just wave one flag. They've got like a whole collection of them. So uh, the moment you realize that, the moment you realize like, damn, that was a red flag and I totally ignored it. It's, then, you, then you've got another opportunity to say no the moment you recognize that. No, 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 no. No is your new power word. <laughs> Wield it like the sword of truth. Um, the queen of swords, I love her. That is why she's my girl. The queen of swords, wield the word no like the sword of truth, cutting through the bullshit of old, worn out patterns of behavior so that... The love you, you truly desire can be built from a new foundation, a foundation of self-love and self-respect. And I guess the theme of this is self-trust. So that is, that's my answer to you, Betty. Trust yourself and acknowledge that learning to trust yourself is a practice. It's a practice and you're practicing saying no. <laughs> you're practicing spotting red flags and saying no. So uh, the next question, Vivian. Vivian says, I've just set out on a bit of a self-love journey in general. And one of the things I'm tackling is how difficult mornings usually are for me. I often feel like it's hard to carry any momentum over from one day to the next. And most days it takes me a while to even get out of bed and get the day started you mentioned in the first video, she's talking about that uh, three video series. You mentioned in the first video that you'd ask yourself in the morning how a queen would handle whatever you've got going on that day. And I was wondering if you have any other advice for getting the day off to a regal start. I love that she wrote that, a regal start. And she capitalized regal and start, which I also loved because I'll do that too. <laughs> Thank you so much for all the content you're providing for free. It is such a great resource for me at this point in my life. Yay, you're welcome, and I'm so happy. I'm so happy you're getting something out of it. I created that free video series because I want people to at least begin the journey of the queen, if that's something that calls to them, um, regardless of budget. Anybody can take a free series. So I I like to make free things for people. 
Um, and so that's what I made that for. And I'm glad that you're getting a lot out of it. My answer to you uh, to this, well, in my free ebook um, that I'm always talking about at the top of the show, I, I talk about something um, that I just, I don't know, I was calling it sexy talk in that ebook, but it's, it's not actually sexy. It's, it's kindness. It's like loving self-talk. When I used to have a problem getting out of bed, I would like not do affirmations. I would just talk to myself and be like, oh, good morning. Hey, how are you? <laughs> like just gently talk to myself and be like, okay, we're tired. That's okay. That's all right. Let's just stretch it out a little bit. And I would just have like a little conversation with myself and, and um, just kind of ease my way into the day. And stretching for some reason would, would often work, but just talking to myself. So if you have that um, hippie witch free ebook, maybe bust that out and read the section on um, sexy talk. Uh, but what I think of when I think of a queen and getting a regal start to your day, yes, just to repeat, I do often say like if I have something important I have to do that day or intimidating I have to do that day I would think like what would a queen do um but in addition to that it's interesting to think back to like way back back in the day back in the glory days of the monarchy when queens and kings like literally ruled the land uh and I'm calling it the glory days I meant their glory days not us hello democracy yay (laughs) but back in the day when queens and kings like literally ruled the land Their mornings began with servants and attendants catering to their needs and desires, like dressing them, um, putting their wig on, lacing up their corset, bringing them a royal feast for like breakfast in bed, um, starting their day by telling them what they want to hear about how fabulous they are, (laughs) or maybe just preparing them, like briefing them on on what they have to do that day. Uh, So... I think it's great to do that for yourself and and to make it fun, right? So maybe while you're just laying there in bed before you want to get out of bed, don't think about the intimidating, scary thing you have to do. Do not think about your work. Don't think about your workout. Whatever it is that you don't want to do that's keeping you in bed, sit for a moment and kind of fantasize about what you're going to eat for breakfast <laughs> um, and really like, get excited about it. Like get, get excited about making yourself something really, really special, like your very favorite thing, whatever it is. And, um, maybe mentally go through like, what ingredients do I have? What could I do to make this special? You know, like maybe I'm just going to put blueberries on my cereal today. So whatever it is, like start thinking about like, what am I going to eat? And what would I eat if I was treating myself like a queen? And then again, like, what I was saying about their attendance, like starting their day by telling them what they want to hear about how fabulous they are. You can totally do that. You can sit there and list all the things that you're grateful for about yourself and about your life and about what's going on. I'm sure you can find something. You can be grateful that you have two legs that work. You, you know, you can start small. You can be grateful that you're breathing. You can be grateful for your comfy, comfy bed that you're not ready to get out of yet. You can be grateful for the warm shower you're going to take. And then do, you know, if this is a struggle for you, like maybe plan the night before to like set yourself up. Make sure you have a breakfast that is worth getting out of bed for. You know, like invest in your breakfast (laughs) and be like, I'm going to treat myself like a queen. It's like self-love for your future self. Make sure that your kitchen is stocked so that when you go to make yourself breakfast, it's something that is worth getting out of bed for and that makes you feel amazing. And, um, you know, if you had like a fabulous partner in your life who was going to bring you breakfast in bed, what would it be? And can you do that for yourself? What is this? Huh. I have a nameless question here and I can't really tell. If this is a separate question or a continuation of Vivian's, but I'll just read this, I guess. Let's see. Oh, I see what this is. This is a continuation of Betty's question. 
interesting. Well, I'm, I'm talking about it, so now you're probably like, well, what is it? I'll just read it to you. She says, I'm scared of losing all the power and the self-confidence I've worked so hard and long to draw out of myself. I have no experience of what constitutes a decent relationship to work with. I'd like to give myself the trust that I can apply all I've learned to other areas of my life, to any new relationship situation. But I was so damaged by my past relationships with men, I don't know if I'll find myself throwing off my hard-won crown or possibly worse, finding myself in another unhealthy relationship that I need to escape from. Either possibility mortifies me. On the other hand, I would love to give myself a chance or else I think I'm basically closing the door on the possibility of having any sort of love life ever again. So I think what I'd like to know is how to retain queendom of self and sovereignty when you've healed past wounds and moved on from events and traits that weren't self-loving or empowered. That is deep, Betty. We're like circling back around to Betty because I didn't realize I had like, I don't know, I cut and pasted this in a weird way, but maybe I was meant to read that again. Uh, she went much deeper into it with all of that. I think there's a part of you that is excited about love and that that you want this for yourself. You desire this for yourself. And, um, you know, you're saying that you've healed these past wounds, but... There's always more healing to do. There's always, you know, another layer that we can go deeper. And if it was entirely, perfectly, magically healed, you would not be concerned about this. You would just move forward in perfect love and perfect trust and everything would be fabulous and you'd pick the right partner. But I believe life gives us the same lessons over and over and over and over again and that it kind of moves out in a spiral. So we do a little bit better this time and then a little bit better the next time and a little bit better the next time. And then when a cycle finally ends, when we finally have completely learned the lesson, then we get another one. But the lessons never end, right? So there's no shame in revisiting an old lesson. And again, the same thing I recommended before, like practice building trust. Trust yourself that you can handle this and that you love yourself enough to call forth the queen, to set some boundaries and to start saying no to wielding this sort of truth when you see those red flags flying. You can do this. You definitely deserve love. And, and I say that because you want love. It's obvious that you want to experience love. And you should. You should have that. Um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be having the feeling and the desire if you weren't capable of it and if it wasn't a part of your soul's path. So lean into it. Do not be afraid. And just know that you can trust yourself. And if you make a mistake, you can choose again, always. All right, moving on. Rachel. Rachel says, I am wondering about the people the queen archetype just doesn't work for. People like me. Just as one man commented, it doesn't mean something to him. And some other men. I'm a female that it does not resonate with. Perhaps it's my history background and just being grounded in real queens in history. Perhaps it's being very earthy and grounded in general. I do revere Hera a great deal as a queen of gods. Perhaps it's a concept that was just always with me, so it's lost its newness. Just something I've been thinking about. Yeah, all those things could be true. I, and like I said, working with the queen archetype, it's not going to be for everybody. It might be for you at another time. It might be for you right now. It might never be for you. I don't know. Like, that's how archetypes are. It sounds like you have a history of studying queens. You have a, um, an interest in history, and you mentioned queens in that context. Uh, I would say to that, again, that history was written by men. <laughs> and, um, and, and women even still today, but women back in the day, they had to uh, really fight for their status in a man's world. And I think they did sometimes take on some very masculine qualities that may have gone against their own feminine nature. But there are many queens who have done a lot of good things as well. If you, if you look through history, you can find them. You can definitely find them. And uh, the thing I think of just about power in general, whether it's power that 
has been bestowed on you because you were born into a wealthy, well-connected family, or if it's power that presents itself as fame, financial wealth, uh, being the boss, being a teacher, being a parent, having, having a leg up in, in a relationship, any kind of power, being the president of the United States, power just brings out who you really are. It is, it's a neutral energy that amplifies what's already there. And when I say neutral, I mean power is not good and power is not bad. Qu- being a queen is a power. It's not good. It's not bad. It's, 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 it's just simply a power, and it's going to bring out what's already inside of you. And you can look at this in a couple of ways. You can use it to judge other queens and <laughs> be like, ah, oh, what a dominating, controlling bitch. Um, or you can start to recognize the queens in every woman and how they're coming into alignment with that. They might not be doing a perfect job, but that energy is there and they're working with it. Or you might, like I was saying about realizing it's presenting itself to you in a shadow way, you might take that as an opportunity to do some healing and to bring that energy into balance. Um, I don't think being grounded has anything to do with not being connected to the queen because I think the queen is very grounded. Queen energy is very grounded. So uh, it might just be that it's just not resonating with you, and that's okay, Rachel. It's okay. <laughs> but um, I, would, I would consider maybe giving it some more thought because you actually took the time to, to write in and ask, you know, just to mention that something that you've been thinking about. So it could, it could be interesting, maybe just going back through history and being like, well, what was beautiful about the Queens back in the day? What was benevolent? What was kind? What did they do that, that was good for their kingdom? But that's just how I like to look at it. That's just me. Okay, Anna Marie, Anna Marie, Anna Marie says, asks, how do you, how do you deal with feelings of guilt that can arise when you take self-interested action? When you're used to being responsible for others, putting others first, the feeling of guilt is huge, all caps, and can be debilitating. It goes against my natural instincts to steam ahead without considering the impact on others, even though not doing so isn't always in my best interest. It's something I really struggle with, so your insight would be much appreciated. Yep, this is another one of those things that women struggle with. This can be very much tied up in the martyr Uh, I didn't get a lot of martyr energy reading this, but your question was brief, so I'm not sure, but I would throw that out there, maybe look into the martyr archetype and see if that is resonant for you. Um, It's interesting, you said, when you're used to being responsible for others, putting putting others first, the feeling of guilt is huge and can be debilitating. What interests me about that is because... That's your experience, but it doesn't have to be your experience. You can be responsible for other people, people that, that you are like ch- children that you're caring for or, or an adult parent that you're caring for, or if you're a teacher or something like that, like you can be responsible for other people and still carve out time for yourself without feeling an ounce of guilt at all. And that's what the queen is good for. And, and you want to do that. For the other people, right? Because if you give and 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 you give, eventually you have nothing left to give if you're not replenishing yourself, if you're not giving yourself space. So you're either showing up for other people with a bad attitude or with some fuzzy thinking, cloudy thinking, you're not quite all there because you're exhausted from giving. Um, It could result in... uh, kind of an explosion, a temper tantrum when you finally had enough or an illness that presents itself because you need to be taken out of the game. You need time to rest. And the only way you can get it without feeling guilty is to get sick. That is very, very common. Um, 
for some reason, <laughs> the little witchy meme that goes around the internet like pops into my head like, do no harm, but take no shit. Uh, you are a very kind person. I definitely get that from reading this. I have a feeling that you are naturally considerate. Um, Anna Marie, I'm talking to you specifically. That's what I got from it anyway, reading your question. I also picked up on the vibe that perhaps you've been made to feel guilty in your life for not doing what someone else wanted you to do. And that's what I mean by do no harm, but take no shit. <laughs> that's why that like popped into my head. Um, because sometimes the voice that makes you feel guilty is someone else's voice that you've internalized and made your own and you don't even realize it. So, um, you may have been made to feel guilty in your life for not doing what someone else wanted you to do. Like maybe when you were very, very young, that's usually when that kind of guilt trip locks itself into your psyche for the long haul. Um, when you're young, because we're impressionable when we're young, we're still being formed and, uh, it becomes a kind of training, a horrible training, um, that kind of guilt tripping that sets us up for a lifetime of feeling guilty every time every time you want to do something special for yourself, anytime you want to make space for yourself, anytime you have to say no to someone um, that's saying, I really need you for to do this thing for me, and you say no, uh, you're set up to feel guilty for that. So it's sort of like a prison in your own mind. Um, often when something is implanted that far down into your psyche as well, you don't even know how it got there. You don't even remember. And uh, so you can proceed and think that that's just a natural bubbling up of guilt that you feel when, in fact, it, it's just an old program. So, um, and, if, and you do know it's there because you mentioned it, right? So kudos, kudos to you for recognizing it. That's step one, just recognizing that, okay, there's an old pattern in play here. There's a record playing in my head. And it won't let me do what I want to do. I've got this strange, like, invisible prison around myself. I would suggest spending some time journaling or even just, just contemplating, if you're not a journaler, like, all the times someone else has made you feel guilty for taking what you called self-interested action. Um, if there's too many of those memories to contemplate, just pick out the highlights, like a highlight reel of all the times somebody made you feel guilty uh, the instances that focus on the instances that immediately spring to mind and feel the most heavy. Do you sense any pattern going on there? Um, is the same person or the same kind of person triggering that experience in you? What kind of person is that? Who are they in their own life and what are they to you? Right. And then so that's just like the first step just to identify like mm, maybe that's where the pattern comes from. Right. Uh, I, I, and once you can see that it's there, that's when you can call forth the queen and be like, oh, you know, because you're going against your own. I want to say instincts, but they're not your natural instincts. They're the instincts of programming. You're going against like every fiber of your being to say no and carve out space for yourself because you have been trained to do otherwise. We can train each other when we're very, when kids are little, their parents and society and teachers and coaches train them to where, like I said, they have kind of an invisible prison around themselves. So calling forth the queen could be necessary for you to have the kind of courage that is necessary to start practicing saying no and to start practicing taking time to uh, for some self-interested action. It's okay to do things for yourself. It's okay to do things that make you happy or that you want to do that don't directly impact other people. Um, if it's not, oops, sorry, bumped into the microphone there. If it's not hurting anyone and it's something you enjoy and want to do, you absolutely can take the time for yourself to do that. Do no harm if you're not hurting anybody, um, but take no shit. <laughs> do what you want to do and let the queen help you. Just start small. Pick something small, something that, that's, that's doable, and start from there. And then you can start building up to bigger and bigger and bigger, bigger things. Miranda mentioned Carolyn Mace. Sacred contact, 
Contracts is a book I highly recommend. Um, and I'm not sure if this is where that's coming from, but Carolyn Mace wrote that book and it's very much about archetypes, uh, sacred contact contracts. I don't know why I keep wanting to say contacts. sacred contracts, awakening your divine potential. It's a very helpful book, uh, with a lot of emphasis on the shadow aspects of different archetypes and, and both the light and dark. So Miranda says, Carolyn May says, Queens are rarely portrayed as having a trustworthy support system. Instead, they are lonely figures surrounded by a court filled with potential traitors, rivals, and backstabbers. Those are Carolyn Mace's words. And then Miranda says, um, she thinks women in her workshops who identify themselves as queens tend to have these qualities in common. Now, I know she has a particular, slight, particular, slightly different use for archetypes, but this brought up an interesting question for me. Would it be useful to think about having a court? Who would they be, and how do we draw the support system together? My answer to this is yes, Miranda! <laughs> yes! Totally, yes. And I think there's a number of, of ways you can look at that. Um, it could be the support system of your friends and your family. If you have trusted advisors that you can lean on that way, not that you're going to approach them as a superior or in a controlling, dominating way, but people that you can trust. Um, that's something I know that you signed up for the program. So that's something we'll be talking about in the in the five week audio journey to reclaim your sovereign self. We are definitely spending an entire installment talking about that. Um, I think I think that a healthy queen recognizes the queen in every woman, and that once you get to a place where you're really working with that archetype and identifying with your inner queen in a healthy way. That, again, like attracts like, and you start to attract other queens into your life. So you can act as each other's court in that way, so to speak. I think it's interesting, too, to think about a kind of pantheon of deities, a court of deities, if you will, a sacred court that you can call upon. So um, gods and goddesses, or archangels or fairies or whatever you like to work with um, to maybe put a court together that way for some spiritual guidance. I think that's another way to approach it. And then if you're well off financially, you can build your own court by hiring people, hiring a babysitter, hiring um, somebody to clean your house once a week, hiring a counselor or a coach for advice, things like that. You can build your court that way by hiring people. You can build it by making friends with your fellow queens uh, or just trusted family members or friends that you already have in your life. Or it can be a totally spiritual thing. Uh, and then the thing about, I have to circle back to kind of the negative connotation there too. Because it's related to a question I got earlier in the week. Uh, I'm not going to say the woman's name that wrote this because she wrote it to me before I even decided to do this podcast. So I don't know if she wants to be mentioned here. Um, but she said, one of my issues with the queen is that it kind of has a negative connotation. A queen has subjects, in my mind. She rules over people. She has obligations to these people. I guess I have to think of myself as my own kingdom. And my answer to that is yes. <laughs> uh, the queen archetype, I mean, yes to having your own. I say queendom because we're talking about queens here, right? Yes to ruling over your own life. That's what I'm talking about. The queen archetype, at least in the way I'm talking about it, is not at all about ruling over other people. This is what I wrote in response to her. I'm just reading it to you. The queen archetype, at least in the way I'm talking about it, is not at all about ruling over other people. Quite the opposite. It is about ruling your own queendom so that you can then show up for others in your full capacity, among other things. It's about being the queen of your own life, managing your time and resources in an empowered way. The people who are in your life for the right reasons can only stand to benefit from that. 
And I'm doubling down on that because it's true. Sorry, I keep bumping the microphone. I'm trying to put some reading glasses on because I have sacred contracts sitting here next to me. And uh, I wanted to kind of read some, more, some of the positive things that Carolyn Mace had to say about the queen as well because she is a queen. She identifies with the queen archetype, funny enough. Um, Let's see, what does she say here? The vast majority of classic fairy tales, which incidentally are rarely about fairies, have been written by men. And in these stories, queens are portrayed negatively. Take, for example, the queen in Snow White, who orders a man to murder a beautiful maiden on her behalf. One might deduce from this that queens are threats to male power and that the male authors of most of these tales present them in, an, in a negative light out of fear. Yet m almost all of the queens in my workshop audiences, while admitting that they had not realized it, acknowledge on reflection that their attraction to the queen is based on their desire to control those in their working environment, especially the men. When they describe their queens, they use words such as direct, forceful, and commanding, but rarely, if ever, kind and benevolent, like the queen who ruled the land of the giants in Gulliver's travel. If you feel that you are a queen, ask yourself what characteristics you associate with that archetype and which of them you yourself have. Reflect on whether you have a lifelong pattern of coping with anger, particularly towards your mate or male authority figures in general, by trying to dominate them. If you associate control and domination with this archetype only because of a fear of being conquered, ask yourself why. She, go, that, she puts a lot of energy into the queen in this book and goes on. But again, like to me, that's an opportunity to heal if the queen is presenting itself in a negative way in your life like that. If that's your idea of a queen, I, like why? Why is that your idea of a queen? What gave you that idea? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? And she talked about how men are you might fear women's power and maybe that's why they wrote those stories that way. And I would add why they wrote history that way. Um, but we were raised on those stories. We were raised on that history. And so for us, that fear has been programmed in us as well. It's, it's the cliche of the catty woman. Women can't get along. Right? How many times have you heard that? Women, that's a cliche brought on by women fearing other women's power and feeling that there's not enough space for us each to be queen of our own lives, that there can only be one queen. But I'm here to tell you that is absolutely false. We can each be the queen of our own life. And that's, a, that's an awesome way to live because then we have allies, you know. Um, I think about Game of Thrones right now because I'm going to watch Game of Thrones right after I post this. <laughs> and... Uh, I forget what the description for this episode was. Something that made me think about this, though. Um, oh, I can't remember. Cersei Lannister, though, is a queen, right? And then you have um, Daenerys Targaryen, uh, Khaleesi. Let's call her Khaleesi, who is a queen. And isn't it interesting how the way they... Uh, carry those titles, is, that title is so different. They're both queens. But Cersei... Controls by fear and domination, and she demands loyalty, and people are loyal out of a sense of fear. Whereas Khaleesi, people are loyal to because they trust her, because they believe in her, because she's kind, because she's benevolent, because they trust that she's acting in her favor. And she has the bigger army now. She's kicking butt, right? And Cersei is in danger, because anytime you are in a place of power because you are controlling and dominating and people are just going along with what you want because they fear you, they fear the result, you are in huge danger because the first, the moment they sense some vulnerability, they're going to revolt. <laughs> it's going to be mutiny on the bounty and you are fucked. Excuse me for swearing <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, and that, that creates anxiety. It makes you even more controlling. But Khaleesi doesn't have that worry at all because she's coming from a place of kindness. She's a benevolent 
queen. And she is get, she's making allies. She's focused on going around and making allies everywhere she goes. And Cersei's worried about who her enemies are. Very, very, very different, different energies. The same queen archetype, right? It presents itself differently in different people. But if Cersei just saw it as an opportunity to heal and do some shadow work, perhaps she could learn how to, to be a benevolent queen. Where is this other thing I marked that I thought was so cool where Carolyn Mace is talking about, sorry for the sound of page ruffling. I'm still learning my microphone. It's taking me a long time. Hmm. Ooh, here we go. She talks about how she's a queen, that that's one of the archetypes that she works with. Okay, let's see. Hmm. Okay, she says while she's teaching, when I spot someone on the point of breakthrough, my teacher archetype takes a back seat to the queen in me. The classroom becomes transformed into my royal court, and I symbolically decapitate people off of their heads. <laughs> I symbolically decapitate people who are yearning for liberation from their fears, yet are prevented by those very fears from moving forward. My queen, often appearing aggressive or mocking, puts their fears on the chopping block. If I were a sweet and easy queen then, as I am after hours, I would allow them to give me teary-eyed excuses full of blame for those who destroyed their potential. Blame gives us permission to remain where we are while pressuring others to tiptoe around our wounds. Who, Cersei, right? Blame does not heal, and it does not produce change. Forgiveness does. Because of that, my queen wants people to confront the way they have cut off their own heads and blocked all communication between their heart and their mind. That's so good, because a queen, your seat, your throne, your seat of power, your throne is your heart. You're going to rule your life from your thro- the throne of your heart. If you cut off, if there's no communication between your head and your heart, I guess you do stand. Um, you're, you're, you maybe are in danger of some shadow issues coming out for you. But I love that she talks about my queen, my queen, assuming that your queen is maybe going to present itself in different ways. And I love that she talks about how her queen presents itself differently for her, how it can be very uh, tough when she's leading a classroom full of people, but then how after, uh, after hours, her queen is very sweet and soft, right? So, uh, Carolyn Mace, y'all, <laughs> the queen of archetypes. Um, she really has a reputation for being the go-to person when you want to learn about archetypes. So there, there she is on, on uh, working with the queen archetype. Let's see, we're almost done here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One more question from Nicole. Oh, and this is about the course. So Queen is a five-week audio journey that I very passionately, with all the love in my heart, created for you. Um, I kept having, after a year of working with the Queen archetype in 2016, I was so not ready to relinquish that in 2017. And that's when I realized the Queen is not something you do for a year. The queen is, it's someone, it's something you become and it becomes a part of you in a way that you just can't let go of, you know? So, uh, so I just kept having all of these insights and ideas about the queen. And then like this spring I started getting what I can only describe as downloads of like, just, I was writing, like I was talking into my phone. I was writing myself emails. I was writing on the back of napkins and just like, Oh, trying to get it out. Um, because I do that. Um, it's kind of like a form of channeling. I, I sometimes I get like an entire newsletter or an entire podcast just comes to me um, or an ebook. Uh, writing my ebooks last year were, was very much like that. Uh, and I was like, what is this? What is it? Is it a podcast? Is it a, is it a product? What is it a program? And it was enough material to make an entire program. So I decided to create Queen, a five-week audio journey. So that is what Nicole is asking me about. She asks, is this something that we have to do right now? Or is it a program we can buy in a month or two and do it then? 
I answered her <laughs> that the course is, 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 oh, I'm pulling the course down on the 1st, on September 1st. And then those, whoever signed up, we're going to go through it together. We have a private Facebook group um, where we can talk about like each installment. And um, I might run it again next year. I'm not sure. It really depends on how this one goes, how many people sign up, if they love it, if they enjoy it, if I feel like I'm getting something out of it as well, like if I'm enjoying it. And um, if I'm still vibing with it, I might run it again next year. But it is coming down September 1st and because uh, that's when it begins. So you have till September 1st to sign up. If you're listening to this episode really early, like on Sunday night or anytime on Monday or even Tuesday, there is a $20 off code when at checkout if you want to save 20 bucks. It's an Eclipse special that I'm running. And when you go to check out, just put the word yes in lowercase and it will knock $20 off the price and you won't be charged until September 1st. So if budget is an issue for you, you might want to lock that in right now if you're listening in a timely fashion. If not, even if you're listening to this in like 2020, years from when I recorded it, I hope you got something out of it. This is the first time I've ever created an episode here of Hippie Witch or a whole entire program just for women. And maybe that's why I feel so passionate and excited about it. I don't know. There's something special about this. And um, I hope you want to go on this journey with me. The links will be on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, Follow the links. Sign up at least for the free video series. And until we meet again, much love to you. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.